Beltone Hearing Aid Center presents The Drive. Ready? Fight. The Drive. Elmore deep, left side, three, it's good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. Good afternoon, I'm Bill Cornwell. Good afternoon, I'm Bill Cornwell. Sitting here for Paul Swan today with the drive on this 24th day of October 2018. A lot going on today. Actually on the verge of a busy college football weekend, of course, minus Marshall. Of course, Marshall has the week off this week, the second off week for Marshall this year. Of course, the first off week was unwanted thanks to Hurricane Florence. And we're going to talk about something related to that. Uh, some talk out of uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, the K- South Carolina Gamecocks say we are going to play on December 1st. Who are we going to play against? Could it be Marshall? Could it be uh, Southern Miss? Could it be Appalachian State? Uh, those are all possibilities. And we'll get into that just a little bit later. Because So uh, Marshall or somebody that lost a game on the weekend of Hurricane Florence, well, they're going to get that game back December 1st because the South Carolina Gamecocks say, we're going to play a game on December 1st against somebody. We don't know who it's going to be. And hopefully it won't be Marshall because – that will mean that Marshall will have stayed in the hunt for the Conference USA East Division title and even the Conference USA Championship. Of course, Marshall still has that possibility out there uh, with a herd with that 3-1 and record in the league, four games left in November, all in the conference. And we'll talk about those possibilities for the herd a little bit later on. But, of course, tonight it is Game 2 of the World Series. The L.A. Dodgers in Boston playing at Fenway Park against the Boston Red Sox. First pitch time this evening about 8.09. Last night, game one, it was an 8-4 win for the Boston Red Sox. Of course, we're going to have the game tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 AM 9.30. That all gets underway this evening about 7 o'clock, courtesy of our friends from ESPN, but powered by Eduardo Nunez's three-run homer and Andrew Benintendi's four-hit night. Red Sox seized a quick lead in the World Series with that Game 1 victory Tuesday. Now, despite a number of mishaps, the Dodgers should not hang their heads too much. They chased Sox ace Chris Sale in the fifth inning, and they got into the Red Sox bullpen as Boston manager Alex Cora last night used six relievers. Of course, you're in the World Series you got to, you're, you know you're you're going to play a maximum of seven games. You're going to use as much pitching as you need to probably to get those important four wins to get that world championship. And that's what Alex Cora did with Boston last night. Now using all those relief pitchers, that you do pay a price. And uh, will that have an impact tonight in Game Two if the Dodgers can force Cora to once again go to the bullpen early? No game in in October is played in isolation. Most important thing today, David Price, Boston Red Sox starter, already exercised his postseason demons with his series-clinching win over the Astros last week in the American League Championship Series. Does that mean that he has a clean slate? And that will be a key for the Red Sox, bringing the World Series possibly to an early conclusion. Or was uh, that win last week a blip on the screen for the fans in Fenway to forget after his start in Game 2. So that, again, sets things up tonight. For the Dodgers, the starting pitcher will be Hunju Rhee. Uh, Hunju Rhee is 7-3, and three, uh, 1.97 ERA in the regular season. Had some uh, uneven performances because of injury. David Price in the regular season for the Red Sox was 16-7 and seven with a 3.58 ERA. So Ryu and Price, your starting pitching matchup tonight. Of course, for the uh, Dodgers, they do not want to head home in an 0-2 hole. And the, Rods, the Red Sox would love to get them in one to put their chance of chasing LA, L.A. on the West Coast into the realm of possibility. It certainly will not break the hearts of the Boston Red Sox to uh, be uh, lifting the trophy, the world, the Commissioner's Trophy for the World Championship, lifting it at uh, the middle of the infield at Chavez Ravine, 
in Los Angeles. That means they would have had a relatively easy road to the World Series title. Dodgers, we're going to have to say something about that, or we'll have something to say about that. We haven't had a team clinch a World Series title at home in a while. Five years. 2013, when the Red Sox closed out the Cardinals at Fenway Park in Game 6. Now, tonight, if the Red Sox win, they'll just be two wins away from clinching it all, becoming the first team to win it all, while also defeating two 100-win opponents in the postseason. Of course, that is the Yankees, uh, the runners-up in the American League East, and the Astros, the defending World Series champion and American League West uh, winners. If the Dodgers win tonight, well, we've got ourselves a series. That's what most fans probably would like to see. It'd be a series living up to its advanced buildings. No sweeps, just a couple of great teams trading blows and ratcheting up the drama. Now, the Dodgers also will earn some breathing space to head home and help find a way to keep Boston's offense in check at Dodger Stadium. So a lot on the line tonight in Game 2 of the World Series. One key stat to note this evening after uh, beating the Dodgers in Game 1 with Southpaw Clayton Kershaw on the mound initially. The Red Sox now combined 15-5 and in Fenway Park in the regular season and postseason when opponents start a lefty. And, of course, tonight, left-handed pitcher in Hyunjin Ryu uh, for the Dodgers. How's that bode for him? That, the, the, certainly the statistics go against him um, with that uh, left-hander starting in Fenway Park. Big-time matchup tonight, David Price against the Dodgers' Manny Machado. They've seen a lot of each other during Manny Machado's years in Boston. Machado hammered five home runs off of Price in 44 plate appearances. That's a lot of homers. He cranked out a 1.024 on-base percentage, OPS, and the Dodgers create a potential big inning that brings Machado up against Price early. Could mean crooked numbers on the scoreboard for the Dodgers and a quick hook for Price as well. They might want to get him out there. Of course, you fans of Tacos know, big night last night because Mookie Betts stole a base in the World Series. What does that mean? Well, everybody was talking about it because Taco Bell treated you to a taco. When, when we got free tacos for the entire country last night with that uh, Mookie Betts Taco Bell promotion, and Mookie Betts did steal a base in the World Series. Still a base, free tacos for everyone. So what happens tonight? ESPN.com's uh, uh, writer Dan Mullen, he thinks that the Red Sox are going to go up 2-0. He's predicting a Boston win tonight. He thinks the Boston will beat the Dodgers by a score of 5-3. to He thinks that uh, Price will be just effective enough to beat uh, Hun Jun Ryu. And, that, of course, that is going to spell trouble for the Los Angeles Dodgers if that is exactly what happens this evening. Uh, that is certainly, they don't want to see that happen. But uh, Dodgers in a very precarious state tonight, down 1-0 and uh, in danger of going down 2-0 at the Fins in Boston, in the Back Bay area. Great atmosphere last night, by the way. Uh, it was a long night. And, and unfortunately, that's one of the uh, uh, downfalls of the World Series. They start the game at 8.09, and I mean, that's not an unusual time to start, but the games go so long, the the, the bats go so long, there's so many pitching changes that the the game just went on forever and ever. It was about a four-hour game. Uh, that means that uh, youngsters, people that work, yours truly for one, who have to get up early, there's no way we're going to be able to stay up till midnight to watch baseball. And that's something, again, baseball needs to do something about. They've got to make the game move. And they've got to cut down the time of these postseason games. I think they did a pretty good job in the regular season with time clocks and pitch clocks and so forth of getting games to run. But uh, it seems like in the postseason that has gone by the wayside. And that is a problem. That is a problem. So, uh, Hopefully we'll have a little bit quicker game tonight, a little bit more better, a little bit better pace. Let's put it that way. 
because it went way too long last night. Too many delays, too many stoppages, too many uh, trips to the mound, too many pitching changes, and it was a long night. And that is a problem that Major League Baseball uh, needs to work on because it does hurt your uh, TV audience. It hurts your just overall interest in the game because a lot of people just will not sit that long to watch baseball. If you love baseball, like so many of us do, and you have the time, you're going to sit there and you're going to enjoy it and you're going to drink it in. But others who are not quite so patient, who go with the clock and prefer sports that run with the clock, they're not going to like it. So that's one thing, again, baseball needs to work on. But anyway, that sets you up for tonight. World Series Game 2, Dodgers down 1-0 to the Boston Red Sox. 8.09, first pitch time at Fenway Park this evening. We will have the game pregame 7 o'clock, or long pregame, on ESPN Radio. And we'll have it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. We're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on with the folks down at South Carolina. They say they're going to play football and have a 12th game, regular season game, on December 1st. Who are they going to play? Will it be Marshall? Well, we hope not, but could be. We'll be back in just a moment right here on The Drive.
On as the wheel on the drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It is 22 minutes after 5 on the drive on the 24th day of October 2018. Bill Cornwell sitting in for Paul Swan. Got a little surprise for you. Uh, uh, thanks to our good friend over uh, at Marshall University, Spencer Dupuy. Uh, we have some audio that we will hopefully bring to you a little bit later from uh, Marshall's Basketball Media Day today. Uh, they actually had a, uh, a media time with uh, the Marshall men's and women's programs today. And we'll have those women's uh, comments from Tony Kipper and his players uh, possibly tomorrow. But uh, we'll, we're going to work with, and, uh, and our good man Gabriel Sellers, who's engineering, is putting together some of the uh, comments uh, from today. Uh, certainly we want to hear from uh, Coach uh, Dan D'Antoni and John Elmore, who, of course, we found out yesterday that John Elmore is an All-American, according to the Blue Ribbon uh, Basketball Yearbook. John Elmore named a second-team preseason All-American. Of course, we knew that all along. The guy is simply an All-American, an All-American kind of player. Of course, the reigning uh, Conference USA Tournament MVP, of course, helped Marshall uh, win the uh, first game ever for the uh, university in the NCAA Tournament, upsetting Wichita State and uh, expecting to have just a big, big year this year. Well, let's talk a little bit about herd football. Of course, it is a off week for Marshall football. Uh, it is the bye week. And uh, Marshall, uh, of course, has actually had two uh, weeks off this year. One of them uh, occurred uh, back on September 15th. Marshall did not plan a week off, but uh, thanks to Hurricane Florence, Marshall was not able to play a scheduled game down at Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina against the South Carolina Gamecocks. Now, the Gamecocks right now enter a position where they may need an extra game to get a sixth win in bowl eligibility. They've been kind of struggling a little bit uh, as they play now in the SEC, uh, the the non-conference part of the season. Now, uh, a story uh, from the uh, state the newspaper down in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina coach Will Muschamp very confident that uh, the Gamecocks are going to be playing a football game on December 1st. And they've told the uh, Carolina players expect to play on December 1st. Now, this is a week after they play their rival game against the Clemson Tigers. And, and of course, uh, Carolina, they're not going to be in the uh, SEC championship game. They don't really have a chance to win the SEC East, uh, that's either uh, going to be Georgia. Kentucky's, of course, a possibility as well. Uh, but um, it ain't going to be South Carolina. So they're going ahead and play, saying, we want to play that 12th regular season game. Well, Muschamp says, I'm very confident we'll be playing December 1st. I don't know against who. And that's where the name Marshall comes into play. But Certainly, Marshall hopes it is not playing the Gamecocks on December 1st, and we'll tell you why. Of course, the Gamecocks scheduled September 15th game against Marshall was canceled due to the potential impact of Hurricane Florence. And the South Carolina will have that schedule availability December 1st. Uh, really, uh, it's a long shot that they would qualify for the SEC championship game. The Gamecocks are 3-3 three and three right now, so they're probably needing wins to get in bowl eligibility. They're 2-3 and three in the SEC, and they play at Tennessee on Saturday. So linebacker Bryson Allen Williams quoted as saying, oh, yeah, we're playing on December 1st. We don't know who we're playing. Coach Muschamp has made it clear that we're probably going to play on December 1st. So who will South Carolina play? Well, the option number one for Carolina probably for South Carolina fans, would be Marshall. They'd like to see Marshall and South Carolina get that game in that was scheduled on September 15th. Now, Marshall would be able to play, would be available to play if they don't qualify for the Conference USA Championship game, but that is doubtful that they're, they're going to get out of contention for the championship game because, of course, as we know, the Herd's in second place in CUSA East right now. 
South Carolina officials may not feel like they can wait to see if Marshall's available before they lock up a 12th opponent for December 1st. So what we're talking about here, say Marshall wins next week at Southern Miss. Again, they're right in the running for that Conference USA East Division title. South Carolina, on the other hand, wants to go ahead and get that December 1st game set up. They're probably not going to sit around and wait for Marshall to consider playing that game December 1st if the herd is still very much in the running for the Conference USA championship game. They want to probably by the first or second week in November get that December 1st game set, get the logistics set up for it, so they're not going to hang around and wait for Marshall. Now, if the Gamecocks move on from Marshall or Marshall's not available, Again, hopefully they won't be. Hopefully Marshall will be playing December 1st for a Conference USA title. Well, another Conference USA team could be the opponent. Southern Miss seems to make the most sense, according to the folks at South Carolina. Southern Miss had their September 15th game against Appalachian State canceled due to Hurricane Florence. Also, Appalachian State needs a 12th game. The Mountaineers, though, are ranked number 25 in the country, and they need to replace a home game. App State's already on South Carolina's schedule for 2019. Now, South Carolina wants to play this 12th game at Williams-Brice Stadium. Folks, they're not going to go to Kid Brewer Stadium in Boone, North Carolina to play Appalachia State on December 1st. They're going to be playing at Williams-Brice Stadium. So, there are other teams that are available. Uh, UCF is a possibility. They need a 12th game or, or would, would look at it. Virginia Tech Uh, 12th game possibility, and West Virginia. Uh, But they also would be more complicated as potential opponents. But again, the Gamecocks may need that 12th game to earn a sixth win and to gain bowl eligibility. But Muschamp said that has not affected his desire to add a 12th game to the schedule. Uh, Will Muschamp says we want to play 12 games. So that is an interesting little quandary there. Uh, South Carolina says, we're going to play that 12th game. We're going to play December 1st. Again, very unlikely they're going to be in the SEC championship game down in Atlanta that day. It's going to be Alabama against somebody, and and it's probably going to be Georgia or it's going to be uh, Kentucky. It's a possibility, say, Kentucky beats Georgia next week down in Lexington. Of course, Kentucky's got to get take care of its business in uh, Columbia, Missouri on Saturday against the Missouri Tigers. So, uh, interesting. Uh, but South Carolina's probably going to want a decision made in the next week or two as to who they'll play December 1st. you got to get the logistics uh, traveling down there, hotels and so forth set up. So, again, Marshall's in that mix, but let's hope Marshall's not in the mix because that means that Marshall has won its it, uh, Southern Miss next week and that Marshall is continuing to be in the hunt for the Conference USA East Division title. Uh, if if uh, Southern Miss wants to play South Carolina, we'll gladly send them to Columbia um, if Appalachian State wants to play them, we'll gladly send the, the Mountaineers to Columbia. But, uh, again, Marshall's name being mentioned. But hopefully they will not be heading down to Columbia because that means the herd will be battling for the championship in Conference USA, be the Conference USA East Division titleist. So uh, very much an interesting situation, a very fluid situation uh, who's going to uh, be playing in South Carolina on December 1st when the Gamecocks face somebody for a 12 game? Because uh, as Will Muschamp and others are saying, it's very likely that uh, the Gamecocks will need that game to get maybe a sixth win for bowl eligibility. They only have three wins right now, and we're just a week away from the month of November, the month of decision in college football. Of course, Marshall's in much better shape. The Herd just needs one win. Uh, they're they're sitting at five and two right now, three and one in Conference USA. The herd needs one win to be bowl eligible, and of course, with Marshall's track record in uh, bowl play, uh, the herd gets that sixth win. They're going to go somewhere in a bowl. There's no doubt where where it's where it's going to be. We don't know, but uh, they will be in a bowl. So that's a the situation there. South Carolina uh, says we're going to play December first. Who are they going to play? Uh, Southern Miss, Marshall, Appalachian State, UCF, all names that are out there. Time for taking a break, and uh, again, we're working on uh, getting some uh, audio together from today's Marshall 
Basketball Media Day, and uh, they had men's and women's comments, and uh, we hope to hear uh, from uh, at least uh, Coach uh, Dan D'Antoni and maybe even John Elmore just a couple of moments here. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment on The Drive. Listening to The Drive with Paul Swan, presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Afternoon, it's 25 minutes till 6. Bill Cornwell in for Paul Swan this afternoon on The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM, AM 930. A reminder that tonight it is World Series Game 2 at 7. Red Sox up one game to none on the L.A. Dodgers. We'll get it going again at 7 tonight right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. Also tonight, Cleveland Cavaliers. Of course, we'll have Cavaliers basketball a bit later. And uh, the Cavaliers, uh, they're still looking for a win this year. Cavaliers are 0-3, and tonight they are hosting the Brooklyn Nets. We'll see if they can get that uh, first win. Uh, just a couple moments here, we will get to some live car, some comments from this afternoon. Uh, Marshall had a basketball media availability, both on the men's and the women's side. And uh, our good man, Gabriel Sellards, our crack engineer here at the, the old radio station, has uh, edited some uh, 
comments from uh, Coach Dan D'Antoni. Of course, the herd actually gets the regular season started two weeks from the night down at Eastern Kentucky against the EKU Colonels. Of course, the Colonels, uh, their first game under Marshall alum and uh, first-year head coach A.W. Hamilton. That's two weeks from the night. Of course, you'll have that game, Marshall and EKU, uh, season opener, regular season opener, right here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 9.30. Before we get to Coach D'Antoni, let you know that Marshall has filled its uh, swimming and diving coach job. Of course, uh, Coach uh, Tramble, Bill Tramble, resigned a couple of weeks ago at a very uh, inopportune time. And why was it inopportune? Because uh, Marshall was just three days away from its first meet of the year. They were hoping, they were hosting the West Virginia Games at uh, Fitch and Auditorium. Uh, West Virginia University and several of the uh, Mountain East Conference teams from West Virginia were coming in for that uh, meet. Coach Tramble's gone. Uh, thank goodness uh, you had uh, former uh, Marshall swimmer Teal Hartman, uh, Chloe Parsiman, another former swimmer, and some other folks step up, and uh, they were able to uh, get that uh, meet off. And then Marshall actually had another meet last week without a head coach again uh, as they uh, hosted the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, so Marshall has uh, gotten those meets in, but didn't have a head coach. Well, they have a head coach now, and he is a familiar face. Coming home, you might say. Ian Walsh has been named Marshall's head swimming and diving coach. Uh, Mike Hamrick announcing uh, that today. He comes to Huntington after a stint as the program's assistant coach from 2013 to 16. Walsh had been the assistant at the University of Buffalo uh, this past year during his time in Buffalo. The program saw its highest finish at the MAC championships and scored the highest point total in program history. Um, before that, for a year, Ian Walsh was out at California. He was on the staff at Berkeley. And in that season at Berkeley, he helped guide the Golden Bears to a second-place finish at the NCAA Championships while posting four individual national champions and two relay team national champions. So Ian Walsh, uh, again, he was a uh, four-year assistant at Marshall, actually a three-year assistant at Marshall, went to Cal, got a year in there, went uh, as an assistant at the uh, University of Buffalo, and the guy's been nothing but successful. And uh, I've got to say, uh, with the season underway, you're very fortunate to get a guy with the high credentials of Ian Walsh. So Ian Walsh is going to, uh, he still has to hire an assistant or two. And uh, there's been an assistant's job uh, posted for quite a while at Marshall before Bill Tramble stepped down. So uh, they've got some hiring to do, but at least they do have a head coach, and it is Ian Walsh. And welcome back to Huntington, Ian, and uh, certainly good luck. And uh, it's good to know that Marshall's swim program, once again, has a full-time head coach on board. Well, again today, uh, Marshall basketball programs, men and women, met with the media. Uh, some uh, pregame uh, and preseason comments, of course, Marshall men's basketball team will have an exhibition game on Sunday at 4 at the Henderson Center taking on the Mountain East Conference's Glenville State Pioneers. Glenville State in the herd again playing at 4. Now we will not have that game uh, on the air that day. We're not carrying the exhibition games but we will of course have all your regular season action, postseason action with Marshall men's basketball here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. But uh, of course, uh, got a chance to hear from the man himself just a, a couple of days after he was down in Dallas for the Conference USA uh, basketball preseason tip-off, proudly wearing his Hillbilly Ball t-shirt under his suit jacket. Uh, Dan Nantoni had some comments for the media this afternoon over at the, the uh, Shoey Room at the Henderson Center. Uh, looking forward to the new year. Obviously, the season, the ceiling, excuse me, is a lot higher than has been. Uh, should be a great year. The team's looking forward to it. And should be a lot of fun. Just come out and watch us, and we'll get better as the year goes along, I'm sure. And we want to keep pushing the program forward. Not as many rungs in the ladder as it used to be to climb, but. Uh, the next rungs are a lot tougher, so you got to be a, bit, a little bit lucky, a lot good. we got a good chance of uh, doing our dream, which is always to win the NCAA tournament.
So let's talk about a little, little bit about your expectations now that you've got more depth, what happened last year, and just, just what you're going through your mind to, to improve on last year. Well, uh, you know, it, my game's always kind of been the same, so it's, it's about these guys. And uh, I, I can say this and watching all three, the ones sitting with me, the three seniors, they've done the work to get better. So, you know, we're, I'm always as good as they are, and uh, they've done the work, so there's a lot of high expectations and hope. We do have more depth, more athletic, deeper into our lineup than we have been. Uh, still, it's a chemistry game in basketball. We have to put all the parts and pieces together. And my hopes that they will, if they do, we should be uh, as good or better than we were last year, maybe probably better. We still have to be a little bit lucky to get to what they attained last year, and there's no guarantees. So we have to come back and earn our stripes again. You were in uh, Dallas recently. Talk a little bit about did, did people treat you differently because of what you guys did a year ago? Well, they always treat me differently, cause maybe because I'm different. I don't know. But, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I just talk to them. You feel different, you know, uh, you get a little more confident. Although I, you know, it is what it is. So I, 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 don't, I wouldn't. I think they know that we're going to be a good ball club. And obviously they uh, – and that's one good thing about our league, and I'll say for our coaches. All of our coaches want everybody in our league to do well. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping that all the teams we face are undefeated in Conference USA when we play them. And uh, it'll be a dogfight. <coughs> the conference strong. I'm, I'm looking, looking forward to it. I'm going to enjoy the season. So this is about chemistry. Are there techniques or things that you do as a coach to drive that home? Well, you know, I flunked chemistry when I was here. So, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know what? You've got great leadership, and that's basically it, it. You know, and I hate to say it, but it comes down to these young men. And uh, we've got good team leadership from these three as seniors. Our underclassmen are willing to learn and, and come with it. So, you know, there's a lot of times John or CJ will probably tell you, I, I, I look at John and just say, hey, John. He'll say, what do you think, coach? I said, John, be John. Make your coach good. Go win a game. And you know what? Uh, pretty much he's done pretty well. <laughs> it's made me happy. I know that. With the style that you all run, how have you seen CUSA other CUSA teams try and adapt to that? Because it, it had been a mismatch for a while. Have you seen them try and change some of the things they do to try and adapt to what you are? Well, you can come out to their warm-ups before games and watch it. It's our warm-up. Uh, there's a lot of things. Uh, they're going to be copycats. There always are. I was a copycat, you know. You, you find things from other coaches and you steal it and mix it around a little bit and then call your own. Uh, yeah, there's quite a bit more pick and roll, not as much. Uh, off the ball screening, not as much uh, a turnover type of offense where it just keeps turning over. It's more just right at pick and roll, one quick hitter after another. So, yeah, college ball is going to turn that way because it's the best way to play. It's easier for the players. They like playing it that way. It's better for the fans. It's enjoyable. So, you know, as you find success, I know that I've had three or four college coaches go, assistant coaches that were asking in case they got to be a coach, they're going to play this way. So, you know, it's easy to look at and try to copy, but you got to know how to, to make it work too. So it's, it's not, it, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's just a style of play, but I think these guys will tell you that you have to learn a lot of things in that style of play in order to make it work. Coach Dan D'Antoni comments this afternoon. Marshall uh, men's and women's basketball programs had a media day today. Uh, tomorrow, uh, when uh, Adam Rogers hosts the show, uh, hopefully have a few more comments because uh, uh, C.J. Burks uh, made comments. And, of course, uh, John Elmore made comments. Also on the women's side, Coach Tony Kemper. And uh, 
some of his players, including uh, the uh, last year uh, all-conference player on a team that didn't, wasn't very good. <laughs> it didn't win very many games. Shana Gore. Shana Gore is a senior, senior from Logan. She had a few things to say to the media today. So hopefully tomorrow we'll have those uh, comments from uh, C.J. Burks, John Elmore, and from uh, the Marshall Women's Program uh, with uh, Adam Rogers, who will be hosting the uh, the show tomorrow, The Drive. But uh, uh, interesting comments. It sounds like Coach, uh, Coach D's ready. Of course, uh, they've been having practices for almost a month now, regular scheduled practices. So um, they're probably getting tired of playing each other. Of course, they had a lot of fun the other night with the uh, – Thundering Herd Madness event Friday night, of course, all the dunks, the three-point shooting, and so forth. Great crowd on hand, over 4,000. Got a chance to check out the new video board. They really enjoyed themselves, but now time for some competition, and I know a lot of folks are going to be really interested to see what happens on uh, Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock, Marshall and uh, Glenville State. Watch uh, a lot of the young guys in action. See how the veterans like El Moore and C.J. Burks and Rondell Watson, Jansen Williams uh, perform in their first action, kind of getting their uh, sea legs under them before the season starts. Of course, uh, there's another exhibition uh, game coming up next Sunday as well. West Virginia Wesleyan will be coming in to the Henderson Center for that one. So a couple of exhibition games against Mountain East Conference teams. And we get it underway for real. Two weeks from the night, Marshall down at Eastern Kentucky. Uh, the Herd uh, going against a former Marshall player in A.W. Hamilton. His first game as the coach of the EKU Colonels. By the way, the uh, conference or the Ohio Valley Conference media and the sports information directors picked EKU to finish number six in the 12-team league in the OVC. Uh, the folks picked Moorhead State, future Marshall opponent, to finish 10th in the 12-team OVC. Belmont is the favorite to win the OVC. Uh, number two pick, the Murray State Racers. So that's where that hangs out. Time to take another break. When we come back, an interesting person is chosen to lead the Akron Zips baseball program. Can you say Spuds McKenzie? We'll have that coming up right here on The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM AM 930.
listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. That's six minutes before six on this uh, 24th of uh, October edition of The Drive. Bill Cornwell sitting in for Paul Swan. Adam Rogers will be in this chair tomorrow. And uh, as we mentioned, uh, hopefully we'll have some more of those uh, uh, audio comments from uh, Marshall's basketball media availability today. We heard a few moments ago from Coach Dan D'Antoni. Uh, possibility tomorrow, we'll hear from uh, John Elmore, C.J. Burks, and also from folks from the women's program, Tony Kemper and Shana Gore, among others. And and I did make a little bit of a mistake. The uh, second of the uh, exhibition games for the Marshall uh, basketball team is actually a week from tomorrow night. It's going to be November 1st against West Virginia Wesleyan. I thought it was going to be on Sunday the 4th, but it's actually going to be next Thursday night at 7. Uh, Marshall taking on West Virginia uh, Wesleyan. But again, of course, the first exhibition game for Marshall is next Sunday at 4 against Glenville State at the Henderson Center. And after that, it is regular season time. Some news. Uh, a uh, big one on the college basketball front. A jury today convicting the three defendants accused of pay-for-play schemes to influence high-profile basketball recruits to attend Kansas, Louisville, and North Carolina State. Adidas employee James Gatto, former Adidas consultant Merrill Code, and Christian Dawkins, a former runner for NBA agent Andy Miller, were found guilty after a three-week criminal trial in New York federal court. The jury of eight women and four men deliberated more than a dozen hours over three days before reaching a verdict. Gatto, Code, and Dawkins were accused of felony charges of wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud by paying money from Adidas to the families of recruits to ensure that they assigned with Adidas-sponsored schools and then with the sneaker company and certain financial planners and agents once they turned pro. The jury found Gatto guilty on all three of his counts. Code and Dawkins were found guilty on two counts. Of course, they're already saying that uh, they plan to appeal those verdicts. But again, uh, those three gentlemen who were hooked up with Adidas uh, very much uh, facing some jail time if their appeals are not successful, found guilty today in that pay-for-play trial up in New York. Interesting hire today. For the University of Akron baseball program, of course, Akron, a mid-American conference team, and uh, Marshall plays uh, the Zips in many a sport, including basketball. And this year they're playing uh, the Zips. Uh, well, Akron today announced they're bringing back their baseball program. It's been away for a few years, cut it due to budget constraints. But an, i got to say an inspired hire. For the new coach of the Akron Zips baseball program, it's none other than the man they used to nickname Spuds McKenzie, Cincinnati Reds Hall of Famer, Chris Sabo. Yes, Chris Sabo is the new head coach of the University of Akron baseball program. Now, baseball, as mentioned, was dropped by Akron in 2015 for budget reasons. Now, they're going to return it, but it's going to be a non-scholarship program, so good luck Chris Sabo trying to entice guys to come and play uh, on a non-scholarship basis for the Akron Zips. But uh, they are going to resume play in 2020. So uh, Chris Sabo has a year to build that Akron Zips baseball program. Um, Larry Williams, the Akron Athletic Director, uh, quoted, We are excited to welcome Chris Sabo to the University of Akron. His illustrious playing career demonstrates his mastery of the fine details of the game. He also has extraordinary leadership skills, a proven ability to teach, coach, and motivate young athletes. His work ethic, drive, and commitment to excellence made him the perfect fit to lead the Zips baseball program. Now, uh, this is not a uh, new thing for uh, Chris Sabo. Coaching, the last four years he's been the manager at the IMG Academy down in Florida. Of course, uh, a lot of folks who are prospects, uh, college or pro, in a sport, go to IMG Academy down in the Orlando area. And Chris Sabo's team was nationally ranked number two in 2015. Last spring, it was number five in the country. And 10 of Chris Sabo's IMG players uh, were drafted into Major League Baseball. Of course, Sabo was a second-round uh, second draft pick of the Reds in 83. He was the 88 National League Rookie of the Year, a three-time All-Star, and he appeared uh, the 1990 World Championship uh, Reds team 
As we mentioned, he was nicknamed Spuds McKenzie, and people loved his scrappiness playing third base in Cincinnati. So, again, a very interesting hire in Cincinnati, uh, or in, in Akron, uh, former Red Chris Sabo, bringing back baseball at the University of Akron. Uh, that's one that I would not have seen, that's for sure. Uh, again, uh, we'll let you know that uh, Marshall's swimming program again has a coach just a couple of weeks after coach was uh, let go. Ian Walsh uh, coming back as, Mar- as Marshall's swim and diving coach. He was an assistant for three years uh, at the Marshall program, but he is back as Marshall's head swimming and diving coach. Don't forget World Series tonight here on ESPN 94.1 AM 9.30. Game two, Boston and the Dodgers. Boston up 1-0. We'll be on the air at 7. Thanks a lot to Gabriel Sellards. Thanks to Spencer Dupuy for some Marshall uh, basketball sound. I'm Bill Cornwell saying so long on the drive. station.